You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is April. This is Chad. I'm Daniel. And joining us again tonight is... Tyler Howitt, who is a host of our sister podcast, The Geek Card Check. Welcome again, Tyler. Thank you very much. It's exciting to be here to talk about this really boring movie that nobody's going to care about. Uh, yeah, so we got a fun episode. Well, fun is a strong word. <laughs> fun. Um, this is going to be a blast. We've got an episode for you today. We're going to be reviewing Joker, and then Daniel's got a fun new game for us that we're going to play after our review to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, A little palate (laughs) cleanser, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, I think we'll all be needing that by the end of this. Yeah. Before we get to our review of Joker, we just want to remind everyone to follow us on our social media channels. You could search us on Facebook, The Screeners Podcast, or we're on Twitter, at ScreenersCast. Um, or don't forget to leave us a review and share, and we would just love to hear from you. If you have any comments on anything that we say, if you hated what we say or you loved what we say, we would love to hear from you and just start a dialogue, and maybe you'll get a shout-out on the show. And with that, let's jump into our review of Joker. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. (laughs) This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And that is from the trailer of Joker, the new film by Todd Phillips. The IMDb description reads, In Gotham City, mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck embarks on a downward spiral of social revolution and bloody crime. The path brings him face to face with his infamous alter ego, the Joker. That's not bad for IMDb. That's actually one of the better ones. It's had more than one sentence for starts. Yeah, that but, works. That's true. But this is a film that to say was is polarizing would be an understatement. Mm. Uh, it has received high, high praise. It's won the Golden Lion at Venice. Many people hate this movie and say it's one of the worst of the year. So I'm very interested mm. in what our take is going to be on Joker. I Everybody that has seen this movie that I've spoken to, one thing is for sure, they have an opinion. Mm. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and in yeah. most cases, it's fairly strong. It is directed by Todd Phillips, as I mentioned, <laughs> of the hangover fame <laughs> and old school, so certainly not uh, the person that jumps to the front of your mind when you think of of a director but he co-wrote this film and directed it stars Joaquin Phoenix Robert De Niro a great cast and it has been released to much acclaim and financial success I believe it is the number one October opening of all time defeating Venom Venom. so 93 million domestic and so Warner Brothers is really they've started circling this weekend I don't it's a lot of schools fall break or whatever they've kind of taken this weekend over to much success so a lot of success for this film and a lot of discussion to be had i know personally i had a lot of notes on this movie mm-hmm. um, and most yep. of them came a few hours after i saw it and had a chance to sit down and really start thinking about what i had just seen let's do this guys i i don't really 
I'm not necessarily interested in a comparison to other Batman films. Oh, this is not a Batman film. Because this is not yeah. really a Batman film. It's, you know, it is, I guess, somewhat a uh, an origin story for a supervillain. But let's not even try to compare this to anything DC Universe or Nolan's films, although I'm sure we can reference some other performances of the Jokers uh, throughout the years. But uh, Tyler, let's start with you. What was your opinion? And we'll keep this, and let me say this, we should probably do our general review fairly quickly and jump right into spoilers because there are some specific Mm -hmm. things that happen both from a plot standpoint and thematically that it's going to be hard for us to really talk about unless we're in spoilers so let's give our quick general opinions and then we'll give our recommendations and jump into spoilers so tyler let's start with you i would agree with you to say it's a it's polarizing is an understatement um i think that this is a technically masterful film it is you know, it deserves its its comparisons to Scorsese films, uh, the few that I've seen. It um, Joaquin Phoenix, like, give him the Oscar right now. Don't even worry about anything else. Like, it is he. I think he absolutely, like, he was just on another level. It's one of those performances that you walk out and you just are like, oh, okay, that is what acting is. Like, that's real acting right there. You know, uh, it's performing. He he completely embodies embodies Arthur Fleck, uh, who becomes the Joker. But at the same time, and again, I, you know, try to do this without without spoilers. I think that this is a film that it's a film whose message is, I would say, at best irresponsible, um, and at worst dangerous. Um, I don't, I don't call, I don't call for you know censorship or turn it off or anything like that. But I would say, you know, it's it's a film that cannot be viewed. Um, lightly or without thought, it's got to be, um, it's got to be really digested and analyzed. And um, it's a film that is, yeah, its message is is really, really bleak and utterly amoral. So I, it's a brilliant film, just major problems. Utterly amoral. Okay, very strong words there. Uh, this will be a very interesting review. I can't wait. All right, so. April, what did you think? Do you agree with Tyler that this is utterly amoral, or what was your take on on Joker? So I will say, I both hated and loved this film simultaneously at the same time. It was very hard to watch. It is a tough movie to sit through. Very dark. Uh, Actually, I had a friend of mine who was my professor in grad school, and he described it as a free fall into darkness, and I feel like that was a great explanation of what this film is. And I I do agree that Joaquin Phoenix deserves the Oscar. Like that was the only sentence I could form after I watched it because this movie made me think I couldn't really talk about it for hours after I watched it because I was just processing what I saw. But I, I think this film is brilliant all the way around. The further I've gotten away from it, the more I really liked it. I disagree with Tyler completely that it's the bad message for today. I, I could see how someone could get that message, but I actually think the message is like, look at what happens when society completely abandons the forgotten people. Mm. I would agree. That's in there. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and I guess it's just how you see the film. I I think it's it's a very tough way of getting that message across. Um, But for me, it really worked. But that's one reason why this is such a polarizing film, because you have, I think it's pretty split on how people see whether it's celebrating him or it's just a, like more of a warning of, you know, this is 
this is just kind of what happens. Like I, I didn't, I personally did not see it as a, as a justification or a celebration for any of the violence. I just, I just saw it as just, man, I, I'm having a hard time forming words now. It was just, I, I thought it was a masterful work of art. Okay. All right. So two opposite takes there. I like this. We're going to, the spoiler review ought to be pretty great. Um, I definitely think that intent and cinematic language is going to uh, come into this discussion very soon. Daniel, what is your take on Joker? Where do you fall? Are you in between? Are you leaning more towards Tyler or April's take? I'm definitely leaning one way. Um, Before this movie, I was I was all in for this movie because first of all, I didn't even think it was going to happen. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker is it's the kind of like dream casting that people put out there. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if Joaquin Phoenix was the Joker and it's never really going to happen? And then it happened, and so I I was all in for this. Todd Phillips, I was on the edge of just because. We, like we talked about, why would he do this movie? Why That doesn't right. exactly make sense. But I was really rooting for it. It's the type of movie that um, that we want, right? We always, a lot of us complain about, uh, even even though we love the Marvel movies, it's all, you know, it's it's all, it's a lot of the same, um, you know, franchise building, world building. This is the opposite. It's a, it's a, it's a unique R-rated spin on the superhero genre that, that doesn't fit into a universe. It doesn't fit into some 20-year plan. And so I, I was all in for this movie. Uh, um, I, I was rooting for it. And um, I agree with what both Tyler and April said about this movie, the craft of this film. The craft is phenomenal. Cinematography is, is stunning and layered mm-hmm. and gritty and slightly off-kilter. Uh, the score is... Oh, unsettling so and yeah. and um ominous and it's so obvious at this point but of course joaquin phoenix's performance is is, is incredible and um he proves why he, he's one of our greatest working actors today i mean um it, it's a total commitment to the role and so as much as i love the filmmaking i do have to side with tyler um i i feel that the it's it's clear without diving into spoilers um to me the, the this film ends with a clear justification of everything that's horrible about our country at this it's a moment, celebration, and uh, no yes, it's a condemnation about treating people horribly. Uh, I agree with what April said about this is what happens, and of course, I agree with the messages of we need to be careful of how we treat people. We need to treat people with with care and kindness, and not forget these people who are pushed out of society or or mentally ill or any like anything like that. But but this this movie goes a step further than that, in my opinion, and justifies justifies what happens that of course this is what's going to naturally follow and not only are uh, is this what happens when people are pushed out of society but when when you push people out of society they are going to turn around and murder you and you're going to deserve it uh-huh Absolutely. and that's where i do not uh, agree with the message of this film and I do find it dangerous. I'm, I'm, I, I'm like Tyler in that he said, I, I'm, I'm not for censorship. I'm not for, you know, we shouldn't be telling these kind of stories, anything like that. But, but this movie has me wrestling with the question of, I do find this message dangerous. I don't know what to do with that because I definitely don't want, you know, I'm not one to call for pulling movies out of theaters. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to I want to have that conversation as we, get, as we get further in because this movie has me confused of uh, what kind of responsibility do filmmakers have to know yeah. know who's watching this movie. This movie played at more than 4,000 screens nationwide, and I think there are so many people who do feel pushed out of society, who, who are struggling with mental illness, um, who are prone to danger, 
Um, and they watched this film that, in my opinion, is a, shows them uh, what they should do with those yep. feelings. And it ain't good. So I, I, I'm, I'm deeply disappointed. When this movie ended, I kept waiting for... Uh, I kept waiting for a, t- a turn, and it never got there. So we'll dive we'll dive into that further. But I, 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 it ended, and I was just shocked and disappointed. Um, as much as the craft of this film is is impeccable, the message of the movie is is uh, is dangerous. Definitely I disappointed. Would, <laughs> I would even go so far as to say I think that if this was not called Joker and this was not a DC movie, it would be it would be so like again craft aside, it would be I think the it would be less polarizing and more people would have problems with it. But I think that because it's Joker and it's a comic book origin story, more people are forgiving it. Well, I agree. I agree with that, Tyler, but I don't think this movie could ever be made if it wasn't. Oh, I agree. And it wouldn't, it it wouldn't be made. And I think that's the problem actually. It's, it's made because of maybe, maybe not. So this just another light review here on the old screeners (laughs) podcast tonight. I will real light here. Just right after. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is, it is interesting that the filmmaker himself said, and I'm quoting here, Uh, He said, part of the reason we made this movie is a response to the comic book world of movies. Like, why is this celebrated? Why is this funny? Why is this fun? What are the real world implications of violence? So I think at least from the filmmaker's perspective, that is the kind of film that he's making that probes those kinds of questions because... In the comic book world, trauma is often the thing that creates the villains. Mm -hmm. And in most of the genre that we've gotten throughout, even in the Nolan verse, most of that stuff is used as motivation, but it's done in a way that is fun is probably not the right word, but in a way that isn't so dead level serious. And so from that standpoint, I think this film is very interesting because they took that same formula and just said, what if we played this dead serious? What would the result be? Now, the the problem that I have there is that the director's intent may have been to explore those questions. I don't think the resultant film actually does that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be impossible to talk about this without moving to spoilers. So my, my general overview is going to be very similar to everyone uh, on the craft side for sure. As we've mentioned, the cinematography is off the charts. Uh, the, the use of light and dark, oh, as well as the moments where color is sometimes used to reflect the character is absolutely sublime. It is, yeah. I just, within the first 15 minutes of this movie, and obviously there's a ton of, of movies to, to still come that I have not seen uh, and that will get nominated, but I just can't imagine a cinematography. Now, there may be some like vistas and crazy period pieces and all this that may get nominated, but the actual just nitty gritty mm-hmm. realism and yet otherworldliness that this cinematography creates is absolutely magnificent. It feels like New York in the 1980s would feel. I mean, you can almost smell it by looking (laughs) at the cinematography. It is just masterful work. It goes without saying, again, Phoenix's performance is Oscar-worthy. His uncontrollable fits of laughter, the, the, the malleability of his face and emotions from moment to moment. And he's in this movie. He is almost, 
I mean, not probably 97, 98% of every frame he's yeah. in. And so it is totally his movie. It's his vehicle and he owns it. His performance is, it's manic, but it's also somewhat graceful. It's almost like a dancer. His physical transformation is, is remarkable. He's done that in the past. But one thing that I think is interesting is that this is the first movie whose portrayal of Joker really aligns with how I always viewed Joker from the comic books that I read as a kid. While Heath Ledger was phenomenal, and, and right now I'm just talking about performance, I'm talking about themes, I'm not talking about any of that, we'll get to that. But while Ledger was phenomenal, his take on the character really just embodied this chaos. It was pure chaos, mm-hmm. but he was still formidable and a force of nature. Uh, he was totally in control when he was in the room. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix's version to me is someone who is truly broken and quite literally unstable, which is much more in line with a lot of the comics. Uh, I know The Killing Joke yeah, is, a, is, a not, is one joke. that was very much uh, based a death, on. A death in the family as well. Death in the family, yep. See, you don't know when he's going to snap. You almost, you pity him. Yep. You anticipate flashes of violence. You know, he physically resembles that Joker. It's gangly and scrawny. So all of the things around his performance are just top shelf. Again, lots to still see, but I'm going to have a hard time giving up my best performance to anyone other mm-hmm. other than than Phoenix when it comes time for the Oscar. Now, the message is, is a thing that I really cannot go too deeply into until we're in spoilers, except to say that on the one hand, I agree. I agree with both points of view, but there's one thing about the way that they portray consequences and the way that they portray the conflict in this movie that I think is the biggest disservice to the film and as a result causes it not to work as well as they want to. And I'll get into that, you know, briefly. But overall, when I just step back and holistically, when I think about the experience of seeing this movie, when when I left a friend of mine, we were talking about it and I just told him, I don't think I can talk about this movie yet. This is right after we walked out of the theaters. I just, I don't know what I feel. Uh, I don't know if I feel numb, if I feel angry, if I feel that it was a masterpiece. But the more that I think about it, I do think that this film is not as smart as it thinks it is yeah. while at the same time, because I don't think it says anything profound. I don't think it says anything new. I don't think it's a, a fresh take on anything. I think it's it's very nihilistic and mean. And at the same time, my admiration for this film is through the roof. I think it is masterful from top to bottom. And so thematically, that's where it starts to challenge me, and that's where we need to get to now to fully discuss this movie. So with that, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we make our recommendations there's so much more i want to talk about yeah but uh but yes i think we can move into our recommendations before spoilers okay so let's do that so tyler the your four options are should people see this in the theater should they rent it should they wait and watch it on a service that they already pay for like netflix or amazon or should they skip it altogether oh that's hard if you if you want to see a masterful um phenomenally crafted film um see it on the big screen but Make sure that you're thinking through it and thinking about it. Um, like, for example, a bunch of people I talked to, The Dark Knight was too much for them. If The Dark Knight was too much for you, don't watch this. Oh, yeah. um, you don't want this. Yeah, then I then I would say you know skip it. So it it kind of depends on your your ability as a viewer. You know, are you able to are you able to handle it? I would say, I think as a as a film lover, you should see it though. Okay, April. Uh, yeah, I would pretty much agree. This, I mean, this film is not for everyone for sure. No. It is very dark. 
Um, but if you appreciate all things film and cinematic, then I definitely think this is worth seeing on the big screen. Okay. And Daniel? Yeah, I think um, uh, I'm going to just echo what Tyler said. If if this is if you can handle uh, brutal violence, can handle dark, R-rated, upsetting themes, then this is a, a worthwhile movie to see. As long as you can uh, do the hard work in thinking through what it makes you feel, I think a, a passive viewing of this movie is where it gets where where it could get get dangerous so as long as you can watch through this and think through what it makes you feel and what you take away from it then yeah i think it's i think it's certainly worth a watch yeah i it was interesting when i went into the theater they had a big sign right when you first walked in that i'm assuming that someone just at the theater either wrote or it came by it was a full page warning people that this is not a normal comic book movie (laughs) please don't take children to this movie it's not what you think it is it was it was very interesting and accurate this movie is provocative it's dark it's also unforgettable Mm -hmm. and so i think that you should see it uh, in the theater. It's certainly theater worthy. Let me back that up. It's theater worthy. Uh, Whether or not you should see it is wholly dependent upon you. It is upsetting. It's all of the things, but it is not a work that can be ignored. And so if you love cinema, it's worth seeing in the theater so that you can participate in the conversation, regardless of what side you fall on. Let's really get into this. We've kind of been dancing around it, but let's jump into spoilers for Joker. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there and all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Okay, so it definitely seems that the, uh, the point of tension between us is the messaging of this film. What is this film trying to say? That in and of itself is subjective because different people mm-hmm. will take away different things. But it seems as if the brothers Howitt are on the side of the messaging of this movie is dangerous because it presents and celebrates the results and justifies the results of what Joker finally does. And April does not feel that way. So I, I definitely have thoughts on that as well so who wants to jump in first and unpack that a little bit my perspective is i feel like this is so to me so the the film was made very realistically it had a a, a grit to it that felt like yeah it was based in gotham but it also felt like it just felt like new york city and i I think i think they intentionally made it feel more closely to our own society and so to me it it feels like it's almost putting up a mirror because, I mean, just look, I mean, I don't, not to get political, but just in, it, there's a lot of violence that's going on in the country that's been like mass shootings and those have been on the rise and, and, and a majority of them, not all, but I would, maybe all, I don't know, but all, have all. deal, yeah, all deal with mental illness to, right. to, you know, some degree. And I have never seen a film that so eloquently sh- shed a light on mental illness the way that Joker does. For better or worse, I don't think we as a society really understand just what people go through. And and I, and I know that kind of sounds like a justification. I don't think it is. It, I, 
Like, I could see how someone would, like, if you were someone that had a mental illness and you watched this film, like, I could see where the concerns are coming from if, if, if it would, you know, encourage them or inspire them in some way. But to me, I, I, I think the opposite. I think it's it's for people without a mental illness. It's It's to show the society as a whole how we should handle people with mental illness that they need the care that we, they shouldn't be abandoned and left to fend for themselves. Um, because after years and years and years and years and years of just, you know, the, the powerful getting more powerful and mm -hmm. the weak getting weaker, like you're just going to gradually see this natural uprising. And I mean, and, and obviously this, it's an extreme example because our, our current world is not there yet. Um, but to me, it, it was just, I mean, I just, I saw it clear as day of like, this is, you know, this could be like the bad things that are happening could get worse if we don't actually, as a society, look ourselves in the mirror and like actually do something about all these people that have mental illnesses. I agree with, with everything that you said. And, and I agree with it as it relates to the movie. And I agree with it as it relates to, to our real world, right? Um, of course, we need to be taking better care of uh, people with mental illnesses. We need to take care of people who feel pushed out of society. Um, we need better healthcare systems. We need better access to things like this. And so I agree with all those points. And I think the movie is trying to say those things. So I, I don't, I don't disagree. My, my problem with the film is that it takes something that is true. This man, Arthur Fleck is pushed out of society and he is, uh, can't get the care, even though he's trying to, he can't get the yeah. care he needs for his mental illnesses. So it's, it's portraying him as, as a victim and whether right or wrong, it's portraying him as a victim. And then, it, and then everything that he goes through, I believe that this film sets him up as the hero, as the victim, yes. as everything he is going through is justified, right? He is treated horribly in this movie. He is pushed out. You know, he's he's get, talking to a whatever that person was, some kind of caretaker, and th they cut the funding, so he can't get the care he needs. So at every step of the way, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He murders someone. It's not his fault. He can't get the care that he needs. He starts an uprising. It's not his fault. Uh, they were beating him, so he murdered those people on the subway. I don't he, think he shoots Robert De Niro. His fault. I mean, obviously, the stuff that happened to him was not his fault. But the stuff that he did, I didn't take the film was saying that that was his fault. Because I felt, I mean, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but the whole time I was both kind of rooting for him and against him at the same time. Like that, That's my problem, though. I don't feel that the movie roots against him. I don't, I, I don't see the movie rooting against him at all. I see the He's movie the only rooting for him. And so by the, by the end, you literally have crowds in the street worshiping him, which we can debate whether that was in his head or not. Oh. Um, but that's what we're seeing on screen is crowds worshiping him for what he's done, what this, this movement that he's somehow started, which that didn't make sense at a script level, but that's fine. And so that's, that's my issue is I at no point in the movie did I ever feel that that the film was rooting or wanted us to root against him it only wanted us to root for him and so that's where i feel the dangerous message is you 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 have somebody who feels pushed out of society uh who feels victimized and and they see this movie. yeah this is what i need to do right this is this is how i need to get the care get the attention that i that that i deserve and that's where i'm like i just it, it made me very uncomfortable and not in a positive uh, storytelling way in a way that I felt just um, that I completely disagreed with with the way this movie set up this character. Oh yeah, there you get 
there's a clear train of events. And then we, we have to talk about the ending because I think a lot of it hinges on that. But, um, you know, you're beaten down by, by society. And, and the people – like the in the movie, society and, and especially rich people, frankly, are monstrous to him. You know, mm-hmm. where Thomas Wayne – and we could talk, you know, the fact that they destroy the character of Thomas Wayne in this. But um, he, he says people who have made something of their lives will always see those who didn't as clowns. I mean he's, he sneers him. He literally punches Arthur in the face um, and stomps on him. And yeah, Arthur's being creepy at, the, at that moment. But, but like he's just beaten down, beaten down. And so you get this train of events. You, you kill people. That will um, get you confidence. That will let you sleep with the girl. That will um, give you confidence to to you know break out in your in your stand up, which will give you uh, which will get you booked on your idol's show, you know for, you know all in real life. And even though the the sleeping with the girl is in his mind, the blurring between reality and, and fiction doesn't matter either. Whether the end mat- like is real or not is I think doesn't matter. But but that brings us then to the end, and he is. Um, you know he's in he's in that cop car uh, being taken away after being arrested for shooting uh, Robert De Niro in, in the head. He he gets hit by he's rescued by his his admirers. Um, he's pulled out of the car like Christ is pulled down from the cross, and just in in it looked like the Pieta. It looks like multiple um, images of that. He's laid out, arms spread like on a cross on uh, on a cop car. He stands up. It does his dance thing that he's been doing the whole movie uh, with adoring fans praising him, dressed like him. Um, and that is the end. He is the movie. The movie is again, whether it's real or not, that's that's I don't think I think that's actually a moot point. Um, the movie ends on adoring fans of Joker praising him for burning the city down and and killing the rich the evil rich um and i think that is a dangerous dangerous message even if they had just ended like on which they couldn't have timeline wise but you know the bat signal going up or something like that which they couldn't have again timeline wise but that could have been fixed like um you know some kind of sense of he's going to get his justice or or something like that but this is fully his heroic, his apotheosis. He is deified at the end, and I think that's that's a huge problem on the film on uh, the filmmaker's part. I agree and disagree at the same time, Tyler. So I do th- I do think the the ending for sure is exactly what you say. I don't even know how you could argue with that. However, I do think point of view and whether it's real or not actually is very important. But before I get to that, I want to jump back to the message, specifically the the challenging message that this movie does present. I think that the film, in my opinion, it absolutely does its best to get you to sympathize with Arthur Fleck. I mean, all filmmaking is, and this is where I'm talking about cinematic language, uh, filmmaking is a series of setups and payoffs, setups and payoffs. And unquestionably, this film has four or five setup and payoffs where the setup is something awful or unfair that has happened to Arthur Fleck. And the payoff is, in this case, is almost always violence. The cinematic language that we have all been conditioned to speak by the hundreds and thousands of of movies that we have seen is that when A happens, then B happens, and then we get this release. 
And so this film does its absolute best to get you to sympathize with him. It goes a long way to show you all the unfortunate and unfair circumstances and abuse that he suffered. That part of it, I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with using some of those things as a causation of sorts for the actions of the character to a degree. Where it goes off the rails, though, I think for me, is in its portrayal of the rich. And not just the rich, but anybody that is has done wrong to the Joker. It suggests that every single thing that happens to him is done by the absolute most cartoonish version of a villain. Uh, You know, the filmmaker believes and shows that then the killings that he does are emotionally and morally justified. Uh, Just using Thomas Wayne's character as an example, uh, it, it clearly shows that everyone and anyone that has any money or success or any kind of authority over him is purely evil. The line that you read, Tyler, is a perfect example of that. Uh, his, his TV interview where he talks about they literally view people as clowns, he should, he should be twirling his mustache. Exactly. The, the fact then that that's carried over to the murder of the, th- the three stockbroker type guys that work for Wayne Investments or whatever it is, that that then creates this grassroots movement that then celebrates the murderer as a hero. That's where I start to have a really big issue because yeah. yeah, sure. It's true that there are issue. There are groups in real life on either side, whether it's white supremacists or Antifa or whatever you want to say that in the real world would celebrate something like that. But the way that it's portrayed in this film, it's that it's the most basic and low hanging, heavy handed way to do it. So the potential nuance that you could have from actually exploring these societal issues goes away so that Fleck can have a clean pathway to discovering his apathy that he needs to become the Joker. Uh, He mentions that at some point in the film when he's talking to someone that when he killed those three men, he thought that he would feel bad and he waited for those emotions to come, but they never did. Right. So it's this whole pathway that they're setting up. And while it's, of course, in 2019, it's not popular to admit that oftentimes good points and good people exist on all sides of the issues or on both sides of the issue. This film could have been much more impactful if it was interested in exploring that instead of just saying everything that happens to Fleck is bad. And everybody that does anything to him is bad, whether it's his mother or the rich or even the poor kids at the beginning that rob him. And that all leads to the madness that results in murder and violence. And that's just a heavy handed and lazy way to explore it where it actually could have had more impact and been even more dark is if all of those people weren't actually that evil and and bad and and then and then he still snapped into madness then that's actually something interesting to stay there but they don't explore that which leads me to the discussion about point of view yeah and this is where it gets complicated for me and why i have a i'm having a harder time than tyler and daniel fully saying that this movie is completely amoral because i also think that it's clear in this movie that fleck is from the beginning an unreliable narrator True. True. and i took i take what i'm seeing in this film and i and i've really thought through it and i've read lots of articles and tried to remember i haven't seen it a second time yet but i think that the film clearly states that this almost this entire movie is from his point of view yeah. and so if we take that this movie is from his point of view it's in, it's entirely possible that even the TV interview with Wayne himself was just Fleck's perception of what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he essentially is seeing what he already believes to be true, whether it's true or not. It's hard for me 
than to come down so strongly against the message of the movie, since I think it clearly wants us to view everything through the lens of Fleck becoming the Joker, who is completely unstable on his way to a psychotic break. So then... Can I interrupt? Okay, go ahead, sure. Well, I, I think the film, though, it sets up this point of view as a twist rather than yeah. the setup for the film. And so because... I, dis- I disagree, though. I, 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 think that it, I think that where it happens, it plays like a twist. But then if you re-examine everything that you've seen before it... It all makes sense that, but it, I don't. Not, I don't think the not, film begs the question to to reevaluate everything you've seen. I, the film oh, begs I you to, begs you to reevaluate everything you've seen with the girl because yes. it really not, feels not focused directly yeah, on not, that. They use not the girl just the girl, to let you know right? That <clears throat> exactly. He has that. He's not just like Chad said. Not a reliable source. I oh, mean, I, cool. I fully disagree. I hard disagree because I I, I, I don't. What else was unfit? Well, like that was so clearly not real. The stuff with the girlfriend, right? Anything. Every, the thing. The thing. The thing with the gun. Did that guy actually give it to him and say those things, or did he, he have that gun? Yeah, right, but he did he? It. Did he? He also. But he also dated this girl. Right. Well, here's, here's no, the deal, he did it, and, we and I think hold on, hold reveal. on, hang on, hang on, and I think that where it happens in the film is important from a cinematic language standpoint. Very rarely does a twist of that magnitude happen as early in the film as this one does, mm-hmm. and I think it's on purpose to set up the idea that not only is everything that you're about to see, you don't know if it's real or not, but everything that's happened before it, you can't take it as gospel because it is from an unreliable narrator. Now, again, I've still got to unpack this, but this is why two things can be true. It can be true that the most of this is in his head, right? The outfit that he's wearing, the Arkham patient outfit at the very end is the same outfit that he's wearing in that quick cutaway shot early in the film from the first scene where he's banging his head mm-hmm. against the, the wall and his therapist said something like, how was your time uh, in Arkham or something like that, alluding to the fact that it had already happened. But then at the end, he's wearing that same outfit. So maybe he's been in Arkham for the whole movie, yeah. right? So there's all these theories that are out there. My point is that I think both of those things are possible, which leads me to, to not being able to take a hard stance because it's possible that all of the things were in his mind or that a lot of it was in his mind and the car thing at the end with those people lifting him up was in his mind, all of that stuff. And yet the messaging from what we see can still be extremely dangerous and not good. I would say so that that's where that, I am. I, I, I kind of, I think I agree with you and, and, you know, in that, and I, I think weirdly that's, that doesn't, that still doesn't change my, my opinion on sure. it. I think that I, I still stand by what I said earlier. I think it doesn't matter whether it was in his head or not in the end, because that's still the message that we are left with. Like, you know, we, we didn't get him, you know, we didn't get him waking up and, and, and being told, you know, you know, you know, two months earlier or whatever like that, you know, we didn't get him go, Oh, that was just a dream. I mean, not that would be slapping us in the face way too hard the other direction, but, but we, we were give that is the last image that we get. Even, even the last image that we get, even if he was um, put, you know, uh, Arkham, uh, like he was always in Arkham the whole time is still him having clearly murdered the lady that was in there and running away you know, and and he's free. He's still able to do that. Like regardless, he is still victorious in the yeah. end. You I, know, I think what this film does is that uh, it, it, in the best 
in the best case reading of this, like uh, reading this in, in as good of a terms, as good as we can trust the filmmakers, I think it, it expects the audience to just go in thinking, I know the Joker is evil. The Joker's a, a classic villain, so everything he does, I need to keep in mind, remember he's evil. But the film itself never, ever implies that he's evil never never shows that what he's doing is wrong it's uh, the the filmmakers expect us to just know what he's doing is wrong which of course level-headed viewers know murder is wrong we know that these things aren't good we know that that's not a way to to react to things but assuming the best the film itself never delivers any sort of rebuke or counter perspective like chad said i think it's it's a a fault in the filmmakers that every single person who treats arthur terribly is cartoonishly evil so where to where this this film just treats everything that happens to arthur fleck and everything he does in response to it is justified and so that's just why reading it that way is just so uh, like again whether it happened in his head or not I, I think th- whether it happened in his head is too subtle to matter. Um, yeah. It's, it's, they, they do nothing with that w- f- to, to change the messaging of the movie. Well, and somebody who is, is, you know, struggling with a mental illness and, and is, if we're looking back at, you know, any of these shooters um, that we've said, and I don't want to, you know, doc, you know, or catalog them, but, you know, I, I, we know they rationalized why they do what they do, right? Or why they did what they did. And so if, if we're saying, you know, look at, if this is from Ar- from Arthur's perspective on, you know, Thomas Wayne is cartoonishly evil and these crazy people, you know, beating him in the subway for no reason, smacking him in the face with his own sign for no reason. And that's him justifying his violence toward them or toward a, a section of society. I, I guarantee you these domestic terrorists have rationalized those things as well. And I, mm. and I think what this is doing is saying is basically showing, yeah, you can rationalize it. And then look what will happen. You know, it's too, I think, I don't know, Tyler, well, I th- that may be a, uh, that may be a step too far. I mean, cause if we're going to, if you go down that road, that's almost a slippery slope because there's so <clears> many, movies there's so many violent movies yeah. that glorify. Exactly. Oh, right. I am, I'm, but yes, but that glorify violence, but do not show I I agree. It's a slippery slope and they're presenting it. It is this leads to this leads to this leads to this. You can rationalize it from yes, A to but, Z. Yeah, They're but I think the difference the A to Z. I think the difference here though goes back to what Daniel was saying in that I think most people that see this film have an understanding or, or at least uh, a tertiary knowledge of the character of Joker. Mm-hmm. So much so that when you get to the ending of this movie, if it had ended where he's driving away in the police car and cut to credits there, that would have been one way to end the film. Instead, when it elongates this thing and it starts doing all this very religious imagery and this kind of glorification, one of the cutscenes in there, however, is the causation of Joker and his act at the at the show, De Niro's show, all of the uh, uprising around it, one of those people then, we retcon all of that, and it happens, and he's the one that kills the Waynes uh, in the alley. Right, I thought, and I was and, like, and oh, and yeah, so, you know, we need as another you, one of those Right, shots. so as you start going through that whole process, though, it does, at least it did for me, and I think it would for most people, it does then, at least at the very end, make that last-ditch effort to pull you back into comic book land, 
while that's happening because it's clearly setting up a this happened and then this happened as a result Wayne's parents were killed and this will obviously lead to the creation of Batman who will then come back and so I think there's enough of those little trappings at the end that most people will still their viewing experience was still very much wrapped in oh man I can't wait to see the Joker get what's coming to him in the next film which will probably never happen obviously but um, I do think there is enough there that it's not just a almost feels like you're saying it's just straight outright glorification at the end and it goes straight to this horrific message and and while that may be true I do think there is enough of that tie in there with the Waynes at the end and the hope of the coming Batman that it's not just purely amoral like you're saying but I can understand why some people would feel that way for sure I don't know, we get a Looney Tunes-like ending of him tracking out bloody footprints through the hallway and then running one way and running another. It's comic, and it's almost like a... It, then we get the, the the end over it, but it's almost like a that's all, folks, right at the very end. If, if he wins. He wins. If, if we right, even just but I think that's kind of the Arkham. point, though. Isn't that the point? So isn't the point of this what would happen if we took one of these crazy supervillain comic book stories and looked at it as if it were real, this is what it would look like, right? I disagree, though, because what it would look like is anybody doing anything to try to stop him. We see nobody at any point in time. We see no law enforcement trying to do anything other than he's in a cop car at the end that then crashes. and chase him. So so there's, there's, there's just no... There's no... What do you mean anybody try to stop him, though? Stop him from what? I think Daniel's the, talking about uh, like law enforcement or a superhero or something like that trying to actually get Right, because way. it's an origin story. Yeah, but an right, origin, like, no, this I is the know. story before the story. Yeah. It's the but, villain, though. I, it's, that's, right. But, but what I'm saying society, is... And like, there's been warning signs with a lot of these mass shooters, and nobody tried to stop them before. That I did. agree with. I do Just agree saying. with that. Yeah, but what I mean is the film does nothing interesting with that. Like, I, I, it, it, all it says is, see, look, s- bad stuff is going to happen. But it doesn't, it doesn't have anything interesting to comp. Like, what is, what is it commenting on? What is it trying to say? It just says, don't like treat people bad or they're going to kill us. Like that, which, which, and, and it feels like it says you're going to deserve it because you treated him bad. You're going to deserve it. That's what like, it's I don't think it's saying you're going to deserve it. I think it's, I think it's everybody in this film warning. deserved it. Thomas Wayne deserved it. The kid, yep. the guys on the subway deserved Des- it. Robert Thomas De Niro did not deserved deserve it. it. Now that no, no, no. absolutely the, the way that the film's perspective yes. shows it. I agree. I don't think, don't think I don't does. think murder is what <laughs> yeah. is what I'm saying is in what what the film shows the perspective of the film. Yes. These guys deserve to die. They were beating him on the subway. They weren't going to let up, and he shoots him, and they yeah, good. He's the victim, and it was self defense. I mean, even though the perspective saying. of it, he is fully in all like, these scenarios. In what in any no scenario in this film did he do something that wasn't portrayed as uh, somebody not deserving it. The perfect example is when the two guys from his old yeah. job come into his apartment. He kills the guy that, in his perspective, deserves it, right? Who has yep. been Good treating point. him horribly and call, telling stories. And he doesn't kill the other guy because he didn't fact, deserve he it. Yep. He lets him that go. Was a brilliant scene. Just it was a was great so scene. Good. It's a great scene. But what I'm saying is, this is the perspective of the movie. He kills all the people I, who so deserve just, it and not the people who don't. I just didn't get that feeling from it, from watching it, that you did. Like, I, I understand pers- what you're saying, 
And I could see how someone would take it that way, but I just, that is not how I came away from the film at all. It goes back to the point of view. It's the point of view of the character, not the film, because those are two different things. I think they normally are, you bel- but they're I synonymous think, here. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. That's why that was my whole that was my whole thing about the point of view is I don't think the film's point of view is the same as the Joker's. Agreed. I don't. Agreed. I do In not. what way is the is the perspective illustrated fr- from the film, not from what we t- not from our perspective of knowing Joker's the villain? What does the film do to show us a different perspective? I don't understand the question. A different perspective uh, from what? what? To show us, so you you said you agree that that's the perspective of the Joker of that that these people right. deserve to die. So and you said, but you don't think that that's the perspective of the film. So how do you receive a different perspective from the film because other than they Joker's? show you throughout the film that he has a specific point of view that is not reality, like when they show him with the girlfriend and that, so that you could take away from a different point of view from him separately every time almost. Uh, so, so I don't think it, it departs enough from his reality. We are we are left to his re- on his reality. On him no, no, I don't. I, I I don't. I I think the thing that it doesn't do is that after the reveal that the neighbor relationship was all in his head, what it does after that point is it no longer explicitly spells right. it out for you, but it does a lot of things that let you interpret it. So what it sounds like here is that. You guys took it literally for what you saw and that April probably and myself probably left it more up to interpretation for what was real and what wasn't. Because that does make a difference in mm-hmm. o- overall where the message of this film lands at the very end. Whether Agreed. it's enough to make it again, I don't know that I would ever recommend this to a casual viewing audience because certainly you could just casually watch this and just take everything at face value and I'm 100% on board with you guys there that the because it really aggravated me the first the first time it showed Thomas Wayne's character on TV and he said that line about how people that have accomplished things that I I was infuriated at that yeah. line of dialogue where it went after that made me just kind of reconsider and say, okay, so maybe that's not real. Now, if it is, fine. But I, I think casually, if you take everything at face value, it's a horrible message. It's a dangerous message. I agree with that. And I don't know what, what they were trying to say. And honestly, I think if you go back, there's been a lot of, Todd Phillips has been getting fairly testy in a lot of his responses mm-hmm. lately trying to defend the film. Uh, and I, I think a lot of that's reactionary and is not actually what's in the film. I think the film he made is problematic. While at the same time, for me, my experience of watching it I love a film that challenges me, mm-hmm. that makes me think, that makes me reconsider, that that really makes me think about what did they put on the screen and why did they do that. And sometimes we give we give the filmmaker more credit than he deserves, and that may be the case here. But for me, I ultimately landed on it's a masterful work in so many ways, while at the same time having a very troubling message that lets you interpret it. And so you're either going to fall on the side that you guys are, which is uh, it's dangerous, it's irresponsible, and, and it, it probably is those things, or maybe it's enough left up to interpretation that you can just take it for what it is. But if you follow that to its logical conclusion, the question is still, so then what ultimately is the movie trying to say? Exactly. And I don't know that the movie knows, and I think that's its biggest failing. And that's that's what I said, too. I think, I, I think that its biggest failing failing you know even giving it as much credit as i possibly could it's 
at it's ambiguous at best. Agreed. And that's, I agree. And I think that's a problem. But yeah, I think that's look. We're all talking about it. Look at how much buzz it's getting because of oh yeah. What it, I mean, it's it's making us talk about the issues. So which is I awesome. Hope it is. But we I, are not we are not casual film viewers, and neither no, are correct. a lot of the people in our story in our in our circles. And I think that's kind of where I I kind of I kind of hinted at this question in, in my initial thoughts of I don't know where I land on this idea of. What do we do with a movie with a dangerous or irresponsible message? Because right. I, I, I definitely am not in favor of censorship or we need to pull this out yeah. of theaters or anything like that. But when you, when if it's a film, this film specifically, it's a, it's a DC, it's DC, it's a, it's a company that we know, it's a character that that just is known worldwide. So this is a film that's going to have a lot of eyes on it. Then. It's placed in an ultra-wide release, right? Over 4,000 screens in America. It's about as wide as you can get. And you know there are going to be people watching this film who are going to take it at face value, who are going to receive it at its most dangerous. And that's what makes me uncomfortable. And that's why I'm kind of struggling with, I don't know I what agree. to do with that. I uh, agree, but there t- my, I, my response to that is twofold. Number one, I'm just not ever interested in telling someone uh what they can and cannot yeah. create i agree from an artistic oh, yeah. standpoint. totally no, no, no. that's I, why I, I, that's I why i don't know and, what to do with that right and number two i think that the fact that it is dc and that it is joker is their get out of jail free card yeah. Yeah. now yeah. they don't yeah. literally get out of jail free because we're we're railing against it but their get out of jail free card is the fact and i do think in this case it is very important i don't think anybody goes into this film without pre-knowledge of who this character is sure and although we may not think that's enough, it is something. It is something that you go into this aware of the Batman universe and aware of this character's place in that universe. Yeah. And that pre-knowledge does frame some of the questionable things that happen in this movie in a different light than if it were just another film that, that we did not have that backstory. Yeah, I think that's fair, for sure. Woo! Anything else? Wow. Can I go so, to a, lighter, talk- a lighter thing? Yeah, well, let's talk about some scenes too. But yeah. go ahead, Tyler. Well, let's uh, this this I think will raise the question of some scenes. Um, let's talk. Let's talk uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Like, just Woo! I so mean, because we got to hint at it earlier on. But come on, this is uh, and I, I want to do it th- just through his laughs, and I think that'll let us talk about a couple of uh, you know quite a few different scenes. He has, I think, three. Is it three distinct laughs that I was able to to figure out? He's got. Um, He's got his uh, his his maniacal like I don't know his super shrill one like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here so I'm laughing like this like um like his super high shrill um, awkward laugh um, he's got then um, what I his his the one where he had to hold up the mental illness card basically like the the laugh of I can't control myself I don't know how to yeah I don't know how to react to this and it's uncontrollable um, when he is I guys Joaquin Phoenix is sobbing while laughing yeah like it that how do you make that that scene do that? that scene on the bus was was my oh one my of gosh. the most impactful scenes of yeah. his laughter yeah yeah N- not just because of the not just because of the sad circumstances where yeah. he's just trying to play with this little boy and his mom is yeah. is mean to him and he gives the card and she reads it. But it's the and fact takes that... takes card, by the way. She steals it. I think <laughs> takes the card. Right. But it's the fact that you see that he, in these moments where he's literally crying and upset, the yeah. only way that he can express it is through this uncomfortable laughter. And it really does put in per, into perspective... Uh, 
what he what his condition right. is and how um, un, untenable it is. It's just a, a magnificent performance. Oh, I couldn't I, even handle it. Like I was like, this is how is he physically doing this? It was amazing. Yeah. I kept thinking throughout the movie because I, I I love it. Uh, so I'm gonna make fun of it slightly because but I love it. Uh, I just kept thinking because you know we hear all these stories of what Joaquin went through and how hard it was on him. He lost all the way and all this. I just the quote that was stuck in my brain throughout most of this movie was Laurence Olivier's quote that he said to, to Hoffman on set one time my boy why don't you try acting um, <laughs> it's just uh, I just I just could never forget about that quote because yeah. his but his performance is is amazing you, despite what all the, all he put himself through is so yeah. so good uh, and and there was a third laugh and I, I don't know how to really describe it I guess it's his true Joker laugh like his true laugh as a yeah when he it's, comes that, to, it's almost iconic that yeah. look, that pitch where it goes up and down yeah um, it just it, it is so he like i don't know i don't even know how to really talk about it other than just like to be thinking on on another completely another level um like joaquin phoenix does i think it's just out of this world amazing the scene at the end and i know it's been a controversial scene topic <laughs> but when he stands on that cop car yeah. and he pulls puts his fingers in his mouth spreads open his mouth oh, and puts a smile and with all the blood with all the blood. oh my gosh i felt so many things and was numb at the same time. Like I was like, he's the Joker. Like he has embodied yeah. that character. Like I did not see Joaquin Phoenix once that entire film. Yeah, yep. agreed. You cheered for him, April. See what happened. You, <laughs> failed for the, you did it. You did it. Uh, but so that, I thought, from a script level, um, I felt like this this movie kind of kind of oscillated between being very well written and being pretty poor it, it just yeah. kind of went Agreed. back and forth i think um what i wish i had been able to write down the line i didn't write it write it down verbatim so i'm going to paraphrase really poorly but during his interview uh on the couch with uh robert de niro Agreed. there's there's some sort of line that he says that that's something something about have you heard about the heard the one about the guy who was treated like an outcast in society? And he like just spells the whole thing out. And it's oh, so spells out the thesis. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah. badly written. It's, it, oh it's my goodness. terrible. It says it says something to the effect of uh, outcast of society, and they and what happens when you forget about it? Yeah, and yeah. And then he, he says, "You get him. what you deserve." Yeah. It was just, and then he shoots him. Yep. Yeah. That that entire exchange, his monologue, I expected. Because the the lead up to that is so good with yeah. the subversive way that he practices the suicide and all of the stuff. And then when he gets there and he reaches in and he pulls out his joke book, right. all of that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then when they start talking to each other and honestly, De Niro's responses to him in that mm-hmm. are just it's all very just point and shoot. Yeah. I mean, no pun intended, <laughs> as far as like the just the back and forth and spelling out exactly what we're supposed to be thinking about in that scene, which is a shame because the scene itself is electric right. uh, because of what we know or what we think we know is, is going to happen. I, I and, sort of also wish they had, they had really been you know shocking with it. And, and weirdly, I, I, I wish they had, they had, he had killed himself. Like I, I actually thought that that would be, that would be the subversive thing. And what, and frankly, what a message that would be of, of like tragedy at that point. Then it is, Oh, this mentally ill guy who has become the Joker and look at what he led to on national TV and, and think of the discussion that would cause. There's just no way to do that though, because he never fully becomes the Joker. I know. Um, Yeah. Without that last act, that's kind of the thing 
where he comes out to the world. Yeah. Unless the guy that kills um, the Waynes grows up to be the actual Joker. Mm. Yeah. Joe Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Chill, not Joe Joe Cool. I don't know. Yeah. That's stupid. And uh, so how did you guys think about that? Uh, I I felt like I saw that twist with uh, Zazie Beetz's character. I saw that coming a mile away. It just... Um, I honestly did not. Really? I really? I honestly didn't. I'm shocked. I mean, the, the the only thing is when he first walks into her apartment and opens the door and just immediately starts kissing her, I thought, what? That was that fast forwarded fairly quickly, yeah. but she's okay with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So my, my antenna went up right there, but then I just, I, I let it go because I didn't think I was in that kind of a movie. For and me. So, it, yeah. So when it happened, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. It was well as done. soon as the, as soon as the stand up that the horrible, yes. when he was doing terrible at stand up. Yes. And, and, and then it like cuts. It. Yeah. Well, no, she wasn't loving it necessarily, but then it cuts immediately to them on the street and this date is going really well. And I was like, and then she literally mm, no. goes, Oh, those, those guys get what they deserve. Like, yeah. I was like, no, nah. I'll say I, I didn't, I was not expecting it to be fake. It definitely got me. But as soon as I realized it, I was like, okay, that makes, makes way more sense. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was so happy that it was fake. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly because I, I, I was Otherwise like, it's horrible writing my point. Yeah. 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 Of, of like, Oh man, you kill people. You get confidence. Then you do get the girl. Oh my gosh, this is yeah. crazy. It, yeah. Like that is what I was, I was really, it that I, helped to, soften i think the sure. message for me a slightly but not much i really wanted to love this movie i really did like there was there's so much good here um yeah. just from the craft and from a lot of ideas within this movie the idea it's of the movie itself uh, all of this is so great and i just really i yeah. wish i wish i liked it more I really i'm very do. curious I don't know what it, how it's going to do in award season because it's so polarizing i i think for sure it's getting a cinematography yeah. and an acting nomination it's gonna, i think it's 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 uh, joaquin cinematography and score i don't think it goes any further than that but you don't uh, think? i don't you think it gets a directing uh it won't even come close to a directing nomination uh it, it's up it's possible that it gets a best it picture nomination picture. if That's you know it's I, possible because this is going to make phenomenal money right and so yeah. the if and that's, we're in october already yeah so that's going to keep it in the conversation so p- picture is is on the table it's certainly not out of the question like I, I wouldn't say that it's impossible i just don't i'm right now i don't see that happening but it, it could happen you know, this is one of those things. The human heart is hard to uh, it's hard to explain, and maybe it says more about me than anything else. But even fully recognizing all of the problems with this movie and the things that anger me about it, I still think I love it, and I don't know why. I mean, I le- I've, I really have wrestled with it because the message, I agree, is problematic. But man, I think I love it. Now I don't know that I'll ever. No, I'll definitely watch it again. But I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I want to watch it again because I, I really I do, do want to reevaluate. As soon as I, I watched it with a friend, and he and I both felt the exact same way. Um, and, but I kept saying to him, "I feel like I missed something. Like I feel like it couldn't be as dangerous of a message as I took away from it. I feel like." I just wanted it to say something different than, than what I got from it. So I really do want to yeah. watch it again and reevaluate. And I, yeah. I hope on, on rewatch that, that my opinion changes, but um, yeah. definitely on a first Probably time not. watch, it didn't. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we've been talking about this for a long time, but this is a movie that warrants yeah. the discussion, yeah. and I've really enjoyed it. Any closing thoughts from anybody else before we move into some lighter fare with a brand new game? <laughs> Anything? Any, any closing sentiments? Nope. All hail Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. No doubt. He is yeah. he is unbelievable. 
All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our discussion. If you agree or disagree with our takes, let us know. Send us an email, comment on social media. And with that, let's move to something a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun with Daniel's new game. I don't know what it's called, so I'll let him tell you all about it. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, we're going to dive into a new game. We are calling it the IMDb Game, and this is uh, inspired by um, our friends over at This Had Oscar Buzz, a podcast that I love. Uh, it's all about uh, f- movies that had lofty Academy Award aspirations and then died miserably. And so uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic podcast, so you guys should definitely check it out. And they end every episode with this game, uh, the IMDb Game. It's very simple, um, and I think it's a lot of fun. So we're going to give it a shot. So the way this game works is... If you go to IMDb and you look up any actor, it'll show you four films at the top of their page, and it says that these are their known four. It's whatever the IMDb algorithm says that this is what you should recognize them from. And so we are going to guess those games. We are going to guess those films, I should say. And so um, it's a pretty simple game. We're going to go kind of around. Uh, I'm going to give uh, an actor to Tyler. Uh, Tyler will give an actor to April. April will give one to Chad, and Chad will give one to me. And so the way this works is there are four films that you're trying to guess. And uh, after two wrong guesses, we'll throw out the years of those uh, remaining films. And then from there, it's just a free-for-all of hints uh, because we don't want to have dead air. So so that's how we're going to do it. All right. I'm going to be so bad at this. That's all right. That's all right. I I got a good one for you. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. And so it's very possible that uh, we choose uh, similar people. So I hope we don't. You forgot to mention, too, that the loser gets kicked off the podcast. Yeah, they're gone forever. No stakes. Gone forever. Yeah. No stakes. Uh, Guys, I just just got not introduced as a guest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. April's Uh, like, this is my chance. I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm going to go first, uh, and I will give somebody to Tyler. And I've I've used somebody tangentially related to the film we just reviewed, Joker, which is directed by Todd Phillips, who's, of course, known for for all of his comedies uh, before diving into more dramatic fare or super dark fare like Joker. Uh, So one of his early hits was Old School. So I'm I'm going. I feel like I'm going relatively easy on you. Uh, One of the stars of Old School was Will Will Ferrell. Oh, that's pretty easy. So it, I feel it is, but I feel like it's so easy. Many things. Okay. So right. so what are his uh what are his known for? And I'm doing. What are his known for? Okay. Uh, and this is old school was the original one. So, uh, let's go. Oh, this is rough. Uh, weirdly, because it's new. Although I don't think that we sh- we would do that. I mean, the um, Holmes and Watson or whatever the name was that wouldn't be on there. <laughs> is that a, is that right? a guess? That's that's my guess. No, so that's one wrong. Okay. Didn't know if it was new, and that might just uh, make it in there. For the record, that's a terrible guess. Yeah, that's okay. a horrible, that's, horrible that's guess. Hey, hey. I'm We're just, learning. Hey, We're learning. No judgment here. No, judgment no there's here. lots of judgment. We're learning. Tons okay. of judgment. Uh, okay, uh, Step Brothers. No, that's a good guess, Get though. I, I really thought it would be on there. It is not on there. It's a good guess. So that's two wrong. So so now how it works is when you have two wrong guesses, we give the years. So I'm okay. going to give all, the years of all four uh, in chronological order here. Uh, we have 2004. We have 2006. We have 2007, and we have Jeez. 2013. Mm, 13. Wow. And, of course, the moment that we say this, I start blanking on anything. Wow. Feral. Yeah, that's that's the really I told you, these are relatively easy. Game. My brain doesn't lump <laughs> actors and movies together I, like But they, they do for me in a lot of ways just hey, right now. Just start with, what do hey, you know hey, this actor um, from? Spoiler alert, the Will Ferrell is not difficult to it's name. It's not difficult. Movies. It is not difficult. I know difficult. that's what the worst part is. <laughs> uh, okay. Will Ferrell. Um, 
No, just everything. Come is... on. What are man. his? What's his? Literally the biggest can, one can you could like, possibly. Can guess? you like pass it to April, the next one in line, to help him out? It's <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. I just can feel I, bad I, for him at this point. Tyler, I know, Tyler, I feel I bad for me do too. This one. Tyler, uh, what is the one character everybody associates come on, with Pharaoh with? This is not oh, hard. No, <laughs> Tyler. No. I don't know. Is he in uh, Wedding Crashers? Uh, no. He's in Wedding Crashers. Uh, and all I can think is <laughs> Ma the Meatloaf. You're oh, making man. me feel way better about how. Okay, that no, April. Yeah, you you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. This is so easy. There's only one movie on here that's hard. That April, might be hard. April, give him a help. Give him an assist. Give me, give okay. Me some help here. Uh, this is terrible. This is. It is. I this love is me terrible. some Baby Jesus. Oh, Talladega Nights. Yes. Yeah. Talladega Nights is one of that's them. One. Okay, so that's the 2006 movie. So you still have 2004 that and you, you still, should... And you still haven't picked the, the most, most obvious iconic character. It is literally so obvious that like there's no excuse for but not getting this. that's why that's a problem. No, oh, it's not a problem. Terrible. This is very easy. All right, hold on. Uh, mm. He has a big mustache. Wow. <laughs> Are you... He has a big mustache. Oh, my goodness. The film stars four other people alongside of him. Talk about a brain <laughs> It's one of the most iconic comedies oh of the gosh, 2000s. Anchorman. Yes, yeah, Anchorman. Oh, my gosh. And okay, and then there's a film Anchorman in 2013. Too. Yes, yeah. there you go. Okay, there so now, one so, more. so there's only one more, and this one is harder. Okay, so this one is not at the top of the this dome is, for This for is not the one where he, uh, where he like is kicked out of the house, and I forget the name of that one. I um, no no. So uh, if everything he didn't must get go. Anchorman, I'm yeah, fairly sure he's not going to get this one. Yeah, yeah, so so this it. one, I'm just going to throw out hints though, just be as obvious as possible. It also stars John Heater. Um, they are oh the uh, the ice skating one. Yes, do you Blades remember the name? Yes, there Blades you go. Glory. All right, so I go. love Blades of Glory. I think that's I, it's pretty. It's great. Falling asleep every time I've tried to watch that. Oh, I love it. So love it. that was a wow. very easy version of that this was game. Terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, uh, you guessed guessed Holmes and Watson before guessing. He <laughs> did. Just well, to throw that out I was there. trying to think somewhat strategically, which is stupid. Of thinking like, oh, is it newer? And well, so here's the thing with the IMDb game. What what you'll realize after listening to this on this had Oscar buzz. Uh, it's really tricky with new movies. Sometimes newer movies are in there. Sometimes yeah. they're not. So it's it's real tricky. So. Um, so yeah, so so that's that's kind of how we play. We just go from there. So Tyler, uh, you did terribly at the guessing. Let's see how you do on delivering it to April. So who do you have oh, for April? I'm so nervous. April, mine is Woody Harrelson. Ooh, that's hard. I feel Harrelson. like Ooh, that's not an easy. That one. feels no, really I, hard. I, I thought it would. I thought it would be easier than it is. I will say one of them. I think. Well, okay, one. Oh, okay. Well, I messed up. Um, shoot. Gosh, Woody Harrelson. He's been in like a million things. Yeah. Um, Zombieland? Yes. Okay. Nice. All right. Good uh, guess. The sequel looks terrible, by the way. I know. Uh, I still want to see it, though. I think they I mean, waited too long the for the sequel, but whatever. Um, okay. Woody Harrelson. Oh, my gosh. This You're is one hard. for one. You're one for one. Of... You've already beaten me. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I like, I can't even think of a movie that he's in, let alone what's going to be on IMDb. Okay. He just hosted SNL, but I know that's not on there. Right. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but there might be another. There might be more TV on there. Oh, that would True Detective. True. Yes. Nice. Okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. Um. Two for two. Hunger Games. No. No, that's a solid guess, though. That's a really popular movie. Um, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen a lot of the older films that he was in, so I don't even know if I would know the names of them. 
She probably doesn't. Yeah. The 94 one is one of my favorite. Yeah. Used to be one of my favorite movies. 1994 and 1996. Ooh. Oh, yeah. shoot. Um, one of them is an Oscar nomination for him. And I think... Quentin Tarantino wrote it. He did. Reservoir Dogs? Nope. No, he's not in that. No. Nope. He wrote this 1994 film Quentin Tarantino did. <laughs> it also it also stars Juliette Lewis. It's very I hate this movie. I don't think I I've love seen it. it. <laughs> Oliver Stone. It's very dark, very much like Real Joker, dark. like what we talked about. <laughs> yeah, I I can't think of it. I'm sorry. That's all good. So that that one is Natural Born Killers, and then there's a 1996 film that's his Oscar. That's one of I think his first Oscar nomination. And the picture on the front is him with an American flag over his mouth. Directed by uh, Milos Forman, Academy Award winning director. Also nominated, based on a true story about a pornographer. Nine when that came out. Um. I, I can't think of it. It is The People versus Larry Flint. Mm, yep. yep. I've never seen yep. either of those. So. Yep. Well, that makes it hard when you haven't yes, seen Yes, yes. I definitely... <laughs> Sorry, uh, I thought they would pick more... That was not an easy one. <laughs> uh, Chad, that we was, need to revisit... Call that the revenge of Ty. Yeah, really <laughs> I, I had to feel better about myself. And, yet, yeah, I guess I, I, and I'm so too. sorry, April. You did. <laughs> you did. Chad, I really want to <laughs> revisit Natural Born Killers. and Because and, I, I watched it a long, long time ago. And I think that might be my least favorite movie of all time, but I, I really, I want to revisit it uh, with different eyes. I hated it. Hated it. Wow. Uh, it was so off putting, but I want to, I want to give it another shot. I think so. your sensibility now, you might not love it, but I don't think it would be your least favorite. From Very possible. Time. Very possible. All right. So uh, it's now April's turn to get revenge. Uh, and okay. so April, who, who are you going to give to Chad? Don't hate me. Go easy on don't me. Don't hate me, Chad. This one, I think hopefully will be fun. Not too hard. Maybe. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give you Tyler Perry. Ooh, that is, <laughs> what? That is that's not so fair. mean. Are you that serious? That is not fair. Oh, oh my gosh. Just gosh. like Medea blank. Just guess oh my yeah, right. <laughs> I would get, I would fail this so hard. I'm, I'm very angry at you right oh now because gosh. I feel like I've seen maybe two oh. of the first ones that came out way back at the very beginning <laughs> and I haven't it's like uh <laughs> Medea goes to jail. Yes, that would that's be one. That's one. You're one for one. <laughs> You're one for one. Uh I can't remember the first one what they were called. Um Oh, this the OG. Yeah. The original one because yep. it didn't have Medea's name it does in not. it, right? Right. No. Right. Does it have the word family in it? I can't yeah. remember. A different one there has family. You're on the right track. Is it Medea's family? Uh, so Medea's one missing one word. Medea reunion. Yes. yes. Yeah. Wow. I, I have no idea. That's even a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Two more. Uh, what's Once again, the first one. Okay. The, so another. Wait, don't tell. I know. I don't want you to tell me. I've seen the first you. I was one. Give you a hint. Oh, hint. Yes. Yes. Please. Um. Angry. Let me give a hint in a different direction. Okay, go ahead. That's your hint. A different direction. A different not, not for direction. the name of that one, but for uh, you, you still have two movies to guess. I'm confused now. I was going oh, yeah. one way. Somebody's that, mad, confusing. and now you switch. No, no, no. I'm, I'm giving a, a hint for a different film. The different. Okay. 
Well, go go in a different direction. Brain's being stretched now. I, I, Can yes. we go back to the angry all one? All right, all right. Yes, angry one. Angry. Oh, uh, 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 mm-hmm. uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, one Bam. more. One more. I'm not going to get the fourth one. I have no idea. Yes, you are. No, yes, you are. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you it's you a different see, direction. It's not Medea. And you've seen you are going to guess Madea. this one. It's not Is it TV? Nope. No. Nope. You've definitely She's seen it. She's done a ton it. of TV. You've seen it. I think you love it. It's a movie that I love? Yes. It's a movie that Tyler based, Perry is it's in? It's a movie based on a book. Yep. And not in your normal Tyler Perry direction. Mm-hmm. So it's... He got Oscar buzz that wasn't warranted. <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 Gone Girl. Yes. yes. 100%. Yes. Bam. There you go. Thank you, Chad. There you go. Winner, that's winner. the only. That's literally the only movie that I remember seeing him in. That's not. Medea. But remember, he was also in Vice. He was in Star Trek, but none of those appeared. Nope. But. I just would have nope. been guessing like, Medea nope. cooks dinner. Medea <laughs> goes on a train. April, Ooh. that was not nice of you. But you got it all. I will, I will remember. Th- well, with with hints. <laughs> Well, you got, you got two without very many hints. You got two. That's true. Yeah. I didn't embarrass Still myself like Tyler did. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler yeah. was really embarrassing. That's true. That was, that really was embarrassing. guys. No, that was so, really embarrassing. That was yes. Uh, so Chad, uh, who Dang, do you have? For I me? wanted to go like pretty hardcore for you. Yeah. Um, but then it's no fun. And then I thought maybe if I tied it into Joker, mm-hmm. I could do something like. Robert De Niro, oh. but he's done a million movies. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted to back it up a little easier. So you've got lots to choose from, but there are several iconic possibilities. And I wanted to see what IMDb would pull up for this actor. One of the last great movie stars, Mr. Tom Cruise. Oh, Lord. Hmm. Wow. Tom Cruise. Lots okay. of choices. Um They've probably done this one on the other podcast, and you know all no, four. No, I know I, I, they have not, uh, or at least not that I've heard. So, um, huh. so it's got to be a Mission Impossible in there. So I'm gonna, oof, man, you got. I, I don't think there's gonna be more than one Mission Impossible. I'm gonna okay. go with, oh man, I'll uh, I'll go with the most recent recent Mission Impossible, um, uh, whatever it was called. That would be incorrect. Oh Lord! Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, back up. Top you're not gun. getting any clues top, yet. Top gun. He's got Top Gun is okay, there for right. sure. Yes, Top uh, Gun. That's one. Would his Oscar nominations be in there? Uh, he got Born on the Fourth of July. He got Magnolia. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Nope. Oh Lord. Okay. So that's two I'll wrong guesses. So give me the years. All right. So the years in order, okay. um, from oldest to most recent, are 1996. 2002. So hold on, 1996 is Mission Impossible, first one. Incorrect. What? Oh, same year. You so, should know this one, Daniel. There were Oscar, year. but there was Oscar. Oh, oh, Jerry Maguire. Come on, come on. Correct. Jerry Maguire. There okay. you go. There so you then, go. what was the next year? Next year is 2002. 2002. Uh, 2002. Science fiction. Oh, uh, Minority Report. Correct. Great. Underrated masterpiece. Yeah, so good. And then and next one. Next one and last one is 2003. 2003, okay. Don't give me hints yet. Let me see. No hints. I feel like Vanilla Sky was then, which I never saw. Um, I don't think that would be in his IMDb. 2003, that would be in his IMDb. Oh, Last Samurai? 
Very good, right. Danielson. Yes. I was all kind of right. hoping you would go all the way down all the Mission Impossibles, but uh, no, I wasn't gonna. Yeah, I'm so no. Wait, you, so there were no Mission Impossibles in there? None. That's none. wild. That that's is interesting. Crazy. So when you give people the years, that's a pretty significant clue. We may need to like, we may it need was to a give significant different clue. that's clues. Definitely what did it for me? Well, so I think for you, the, yeah, you would have jumped way <laughs> deeper into into his filmography, probably. Yeah. So yeah, and we can we can back that up. I think also. Um, we want to try to think through it a little bit more before diving into our wrong guesses, you know? Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's fun, you know? This is good. It's a good game. I mean, this guy, guys, <laughs> have you looked at his risky business, all the yeah. right moves, legend, Top Gun, color of money, cocktail, rain man, born of the fourth July. It's crazy. It's great for Mark. And then now he doesn't do anything except for mission impossibles, which I love, yeah. but yeah, that's all right. I want mission him to, impossible movies. Are the bomb. They're so good. I mean, he did American made last, uh, like two years ago. That was really great, but nobody saw it. I saw uh, it. It was great. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. That was pretty good. But what's, here's, what's really crazy. He has, he has, I say only. He has only 49 movies to his credit. Woody Harrelson, 99. That's not surprising. He's in everything. Yeah, it's true. It's just, it is yeah, that was one. that was really hard. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it would be easier. That was that was the hardest one out of all of these. <laughs> FYI. Hey, Will Smith was the most difficult one. Will Smith. It's just yeah. Will Smith. Will Ferrell. Oh, what's that's happening? That's Tyler. My problem. Tyler. Will, Tyler. You Tyler. need to stop talking about <laughs> what movies is and happening? actors right now. Just stop. <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs> I will. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that about wraps up our IMDb game. Once again, shout out to this at Oscar Bud Podcast because they are great. So you should go check them out. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Our review of Joker. Definitely lots to talk about. So thanks for sticking with us and for sticking with us through our game. We want to know what you think. I know that there are opinions all over the map on Joker. So I want to hear what you guys think. Let us know what we missed, what we got wrong. We want to hear from you. So check us out on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever, and leave us a review if you like what we had to say. All right, with that, we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.